ready. This is Pod With Me. On today's show, our guest tells us what it's like to separate from a 29-year-old relationship to then finding out that he has a brain tumor. Get ready, because the pod starts now. Don't feel pity, don't feel sorry for them, because that's the last thing you want to hear. I am so sorry, man, I'm so sorry. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that, because those are words that bring you down. Let's go again. Let's get a sound check. Ready. This is Alex J. Aguiar, and you're listening to Pod With Me. And right now I'm here with... Eddie Acosta. You are going right now through... Cancer. Yes, a very a topic that many... The C word. The C word that many people may be affected from it or know someone that is affected from this. First, tell us where you're from. I'm Cuban. I've uh, been in Miami basically all my life. I'm 56 years old, and I've been here since, God, since seven. Uh, my family's from El Vedado in Cuba. So tell us, what was life like before you were diagnosed? Life for me was very um, simple. I like simple stuff. Um, I don't like Miami very much. I never really care about all this congregation of people that we have that sometimes they they fight against themselves you know they I'm, I'm talking about latin people that they if you're from venezuela from honduras from uh, mexico they're always tending to say uh we're better than you and cubans think they're better than anybody else etc so uh, as soon as I, I was as soon as i graduated from uh, university i moved to seattle washington and i was there for 19 and a half years and i I love it. I miss it. I want to go back where people were normal. Where so, we, what made you come back to Miami? That's when my dad had a serious heart attack, and mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to spend the last, you know, what was supposed to be the last year or something with him. And that was seven years ago, and I'm so happy that still, you know, taking and, and he's doing everything like nothing happened. That's great. So then you stayed here, and you you figured that your family's here, and you wanted to spend your time here. Yeah, actually, yes. Uh, I was there in, in Washington with uh, a partner in life, and and when that ended, um, I was there by myself. For so that. you were, how long were you with your partner? We were together for 29 and a half years. 29 and a half years. Wow. Yes. So, um, and how long ago was that? Wow, we parted each other's ways about 11 years ago. Alex, I don't like facial hair at all whatsoever on me. I like it on other people. I had a beard that looked like Fidel Castro. I mean, it was how long my beard grew. Um, I remember that uh, it was the day of my birthday when we broke up, and um, he debated with me whether we should have the party or not. And I said, of course, let's just do it. We, we've done this in a very amicable way, so let's continue this way. And the next morning, uh, I helped him pack the car because he was driving to Atlanta. And I was going to work. I used to work for Microsoft in Seattle. And I uh, remember that when we got to the certain point in the, in the highway where he had to go left and I had to go right, uh, that's when I felt the, the actual separation because it was like, wow. That's so it, it hit you right when it happened. Right. I was driving. It hit me right there and then. And um, he knew me I mean, after so many years. He, uh, he called my boss in Microsoft and, and told him what happened. And, and um, so when I got into Microsoft, my office, I went in and I walked through the hallway, past my, my boss's office, and she said to me, Eddie, come here. Let me have you keys to your office for a minute. I said, I, I just can't. Do me a favor, turn around, go home, and come back when you need to. So, 
And it was an episode that lasted three months. I did not leave my house for three months. My car did not move. Uh, my neighbors have to bring me food and all that. Right. It's, it's, uh, and I've, I've covered it on the podcast before. It's, uh, separation is like dealing with the death. And then uh, this you was... You were a morning. I was from September. It was September 27th when we broke up. And then we went... This went on until December when my neighbor which happens to be named Nancy, just like my mom, and happens to have a son named Eduardo, just like me. Uh, she said to me, that's it, enough is enough. Get up, I'm taking you somewhere. So we went to a Christmas tree farm, and she made me cut a Christmas tree, and she made me bring it home, and she told me, you have an hour to decorate it, you have an hour to shave and clean up, and I want to see the old Eddie back. And I did, and then things from then on got better, and I realized I have my own life to live. We lived very nicely for 29 and a half years. It was a mutual agreement what happened between us, so um, that's it. And then today we're best of friends, um, friends with his new partner in life, and things are the way they should be, because after 30 years, almost his family and my family were almost family to each other, so. I mean, it, 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 I think it's sad when, when couples break up and they're so long together and they're part of your life for so long, and they end up hating each other, and, and, and it's not worth it. It's not worth it. I mean, you're, we were always friends, and that's what kept us going, always. Yeah. When you came back to yourself after, after mm -hmm. the whole relationship thing, um, when did you start dating? I haven't dated anybody. Still? And it's been how many years? It's been 11 years. Do you think Miami has something to do with that? I don't know whether Miami, New York, Seattle, China has something for me. All I know is that I'm not going to go look for it. If it's going to happen, it's going to find me. Uh, there's been times where it almost feels like it, but then um, it, it just, it, it's a fantasy. It's, an, it's a figment of my imagination because um, now that I have the experience of what a relationship is, uh, when I see people here, I say, oh, we've been together for eight months, nine months, and I was like, okay, talk to me when you have like a couple of years on the mm -hmm. And then one thing that I, I was doing that was not supposed to happen at the time is you were comparing that new person with the old one, and you can't do that. That 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 number one, it hurts you because you, you you're bringing back old feelings from the, the relationship, and number two, everybody's different. Everybody has their positive things to throw into the relationship, so you got to take him. Um, you gotta relearn this new person because it, you have to go through a learning period when you meet somebody. It's just, just not get together because we had our differences every day and it, it took a while to, to meet in the, in the comfortable zone between us. And uh, now, um, like I said, I'm not... Okay. Now, I am not looking for anybody. Uh, if somebody, if something's going to happen, it's gonna happen Destiny. Instant. Yeah, destiny. Yeah, I think I, I agree with you 100%. I was... Um, Thursday night. Mm -hmm. I met George on Thursday night at a club called uh, Fire and Ice in the uh, Design District back in my days. On a Thursday when they have the beer bust. The Design District is existed back then? Uh, of course. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> anyway, so there was a club there called Fire and Ice, very active club on, on, the, on the weekends. And on Thursdays, they had a beer bus, $5, all the beer you can drink. And back in the days, there was not so many drugs like people do nowadays. We used to drink, have fun, and, and it was a different kind of fun, you know. Uh, we met on a Thursday. I was there with my girlfriend, and he was there with his girlfriend. So 
we ran into each other at the, in the bathroom after getting our beer and hey what's up we started talking we ended up talking inside the bathroom for about two and a half hours my girlfriend okay was wait a second so they were waiting outside while you were talking inside the bathroom yes, for two and a half hours for two and a half about hours. what I, Talking about you know things, he I found out that he loves cars. I found out that he was. So you were on a date in the bathroom. Well, kind kind of you know. <laughs> People would look at us funny because while your girlfriends were outside, you were on a date inside were, the bathroom. They were frantically calling me. My phone had like I don't know how many phone calls, um, and then we exchanged numbers and we left, and then we bump into each other again, and so we introduced our girlfriends to you know each other, and um, that was it. Thursday night was over. On Sunday, I get a phone call from him. Mm -hmm. And remember me? My name is George. Uh, we met at Fire Nice. Um, I was, I'm supposed to move today from my aunt's apartment to a, an apartment that I rented in Coconut Grove. And uh, my friends never showed up. Can you help me? I said, sure, why not? I had all the interest in, you know. Mm, of course. Yeah. And. Uh, now, did you have, did you know you had these feelings or? Did no, 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 no. Um, then we helped him move, but we, he had a little van to move, and we ended up doing like 25 trips from, from Hialeah to Coconut Grove, West Hialeah to Coconut Grove. So finally we ended up, it was like two or three o'clock in the morning, and he, he said to me, you know, why don't you just stay over? And I said, well, I would love to, but you only have a twin-size bed. And he goes, oh, we'll manage, we'll fit there. And um, that was it, you know, we'd lay down in bed, and. I couldn't sleep. I didn't know what to do. I've never been in that kind of scenario before. It was the first time for me. Um, it was nothing like I saw in the movies or in magazines. It's, it's complete. It's a real life. And uh, he said to me, are you awake? And I said, yes. So what, what do we do? And he, I said, like, um, I don't know. What do you mean? <laughs> I was so nervous. I would, and he started laughing. And I started, that broke the ice. And um, I said, well, We've seen videos, and why don't we just do the same thing that they do in the videos? We've seen videos. <laughs> <laughs> so we did. We, we, uh, I remember our first kiss, and it was like, should we do tongue? Should we not? Should we just... Why don't you just do it and not talk about it? Well, it, it, trust me, it was, I wanted to like just crawl inside, but... <laughs> uh, okay, I, I was more advanced in that than he was. And, um, of course, being... From a, coming from a straight life into this, like so sudden, um, there was the doubt of who was who, who was gonna do who to who. So I was like, uh uh. And he was like, uh uh. And uh uh. Uh uh. For about five months, I thought that we were lesbians. Because <laughs> that's all we did, you know, kiss and hug. And, and, and then. Um, Things moved on to the next phase, and uh, 29 and a half years later, we're still together. And one thing that I recommend to anybody that's going to be in a relationship, you need to be friends. The friendship can never end. The moment that the friendship ends, the relationship is over. Because uh, there's, there were times, after, even after so many years, that I would get home and I would find uh, little notes on the floor saying, follow this, uh, let's go out, to, they would take me out to dinner. Or Who, who does that nowadays, you know? It's like, bring lunch, bring over to my house. Very rare. Very rare. And, um, but on the other hand, it, uh, after I broke up with him, I realized, wow, 29 and a half years eating vanilla ice cream. <laughs> I found out there was chocolate, 
pistachio, fr uh, strawberry, cookies and cream. Oh, so and you never found that while you were with him? No, never. I, I was strictly <laughs> a vanilla guy. <laughs> and uh, so it, it kind of confused me now. And, uh, and in a way, I thank him for that because if knowing me I, when, I, when we first met, if, he, if I wouldn't have met somebody that made me have a commitment, uh, I don't know if I would have, what would have happened to me because uh, I'm kind of crazy when it comes to things like that. And it has calmed me down a lot. And I see people doing what I thought I was going to do when I was young. And I was like, don't do it. It's not good. Now I meet people and I'm just like, okay, after about 15 and, and a half seconds, I'm like, okay, <laughs> bye. Right. Because yeah. the thing is that you get used to it. It's a routine. It's like anything in life. And even in general, people that don't have it, they want to find that instant fulfillment. That in life, anything you get instant, you lose fast. Yeah. Um, and then you have people that you meet and they're, you think they're the right person at once. But when you live with somebody and stay with them for like maybe two or three weeks, you realize who that person is for real. And that's where intuition comes in. And then exactly, and then but then you have a you have people that have good hearts like myself that you feel sorry if, uh, by telling well you know go away I don't want to see you anymore or or it's hard to tell somebody no the rejection from my own personal experience the, I remember the first time I went to a club and I asked somebody to dance and they told me with you of course not uh, that has stayed with me all my life and that was a. Uh, something that rejection it's something that it makes you it brings your self-esteem really down and i don't like to do that to other people because i know what it feels like mm -hmm. it's been done to me mm -hmm. so um i try to like the most listen let me let me let me I'm gonna, if you don't want to stay here my, i have family coming to my house let me let me rent a hotel room for a couple of days i i end up going through that Renting a room so he can have a place. You want to justify what you're, what you, what you don't want him to feel, and right. you overdo it so you can feel good about whatever you're doing. But I've learned nowadays that being speak your mind is the best, best way to handle anything because there's no doubts, there's no confusion. You, this is how I feel. It's not working out. You know, let's be friends if you don't want to be friends. You know, move on. But I always, I've learned to say no, which is something that most people don't know how to use that word. I uh, stop using the word friends because uh, we call everybody friends, but friends, it's a word that carries a lot of weight to it and you have to earn that. You know, it just don't happen. And, and sometimes your friends are the ones that do the most harm to you, which has always been my case. Before Grindr and before these dating apps, let's just say, um, that... I lived it because I know that it was more of a... a American Online, you mean? American <laughs> Online. Before AOL. No, not... Well, AOL was fine because you had to be... The thing that is that one. you had to be on the internet to... Yeah, to, you had to buy the disc at the uh, Walden... For AOL, for the man-for-man -man rooms, before, yeah. Yeah, and then wow. you install it in your computer and then boom, you get on the internet. And then the chat rooms was one chat room for everybody and everybody could see what you were it's writing. It's funny because I told my mom I needed a computer for college, which is, you know, I just... I really wanted it to go... When I discovered from a girlfriend of mine that there was the AOL rooms and that's why I wanted to get in there. Mm -hmm. That's how I would practically came out. But anyhow... Um, what I was trying to tell you is that the romance and everything has deteriorated completely because of the apps and everything that's going around. It's very convenient, instant fulfillment, like we were talking about. And before, it was more. There was more. It was more. Uh, people were more romantic. I would say, 
you will fall in love easier. And it's not because of the age. I believe it's because of the technology. Because well, I lived the technology and I lived back then. And, I, and it also depends on the person and your surroundings as well. Because there are still, you know, there are still romant romantics out there. But it's less and less, I believe, because I of the technology. I believe that it's all how you were raised. Uh, you, you follow the example of your family because that's what you see all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, but let me tell you this, and this is something that you might want to check out to see if it's uh, uh, accurate or not, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it is because I, I checked it. 72% of the relationships that come out of the internet stay together longer than people who meet face-to-face. -face. What happens is you get to know the person without seeing it. You might see a picture, you might see something, but you don't, you don't, you cannot hold her, you cannot hold him, or you cannot talk to him, you cannot see his face. And you get to know the person before you actually do that face to face meeting. Yeah, but, but they do, but nowadays everybody just wants the picture and wants everything right away. Right. Because again, what you were saying, you want that instant gratification, you want to see a picture, you don't want to, you don't want to take that. Well, I can chance. see why the picture still, but you uh -huh. know, I can see why the picture, the picture is important. But it gives you an idea of, you know. I mean, I think there was always pictures, right? Well, there's some people that put pictures there that, that themselves 30 years ago, and they tell you, no, this is what I look like now. Uh, I went to meet somebody one time, and, and when I got to the house, and I said, oh, I said, hey, how are you, sir? I'm here to see your son. Uh, no, I'm mean, here to see me. <laughs> well, that's the biggest red flag right there. You should run. <laughs> run! No, no, no. <laughs> what do you do? You know, I told him, listen, you know, you should put your own pictures and let people make the decision to come and meet you. Well, come in. Friend. And he would hear the porno going on and on. And he would like, Oye, amigo, estoy en tu cuarto al lado. Invítame. I was like, yo no te conozco. All right. So anyhow. All right. So all right. So now you've been trying to date. And it hasn't, the, the one has not arrived. Let's no, just it say. hasn't. Definitely not. Not arrived. Almost. But I have to say that out of all the people that I've met, I have gained the the true definition of the word friends i've gained like four of them that are some of the best people that i know like for example there's one person that when i was in the hospital for my first cancer we haven't gotten there yet but go ahead i was in the hospital for my first cancer series that um colon, colon cancer that they took took them out thank god and everything is clear this person will go to the hospital every single day seven o'clock in the morning to make sure that I would take a shower, get dressed, eat my breakfast. And every night at eight o'clock, he was there to make sure that I would, I'd done everything I had to do. If I needed anything, he would do it. And then he would leave like around, he would spend time with me there and then go, and this happened for 31 days. That's amazing. He never fail. How can you repay something like that? I mean, no, I mean, it's, it, that's a real friendship and that's someone that really cares about you, mm -hmm. wants the, the, the best for you. So, all right, so now we're going to tie it into that. Okay. So let's talk about that incident. When was, you go to the doctor, you feel something, did you have any symptoms? Yeah, I was feeling this really bad headaches. Um, I was losing my balance. Uh, my eyesight deteriorated so fast that I went from uh, like two, pre two prescriptions in, in like, in less than a year and usually I, I go one time and it's the same one next year so it took a year for your eyesight to start deteriorating mm -hmm. um so my uncle said let's go ahead and send you to the doctor he's my my doctor but you would you what do you mean lose your balance you would faint you no i mean i would lose balance you, i would be walking and all of a sudden i would fall i would be I, if i didn't have anything to hold me because my um i'll explain to you what was the cause of that so they went, I went to the hospital, they did a, a, a scan, a, a full body, and 
Yeah, they determined that there was a tumor in the brain, in the lower left side of the brain. Um, it has a name, but it's very complicated. I don't remember, and I don't even want to know about it because I know it's not going to be my friend for a long time because I'm going to beat it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it all happened when they were going to get me ready to get chemo for the colon uh, surgery. So you were uh, on top of that. You were you were already getting rid of one. Right, I already got rid of one, and it was in the process of totally eliminating it when they noticed that there was something else that was going on that was not normal. So that's when they decided to explore more, and boom, it came out. And I'm glad it came out then than later on. Of course, of course. So when they told you that at that moment, what was your feeling? Why me? But have you know why me? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I do a lot of things. I, I'm a member. I'm involved in the San Vicente de Paul ministry here in Miami, giving, helping millions of people. I'm involved in the Miami Archdiocese. Um, I, I don't know. I, I help people. I, I, I do lots of good things with my time since I, I have it available. And the first thing you think is why me? But then you don't realize one something. There's thousands and millions of people that are in worse conditions than you are that's right and they caught it early that's a good thing mm-hmm. and right now you had good you you going through the chemo and all that and you just got good news right i got really good news uh the reduction in size of the tumor has been dramatic huge it's like uh, three quarters of what it was when it started so because the thing is it was pre- putting pressure in the cortex of the brain so it would make me have cramps it would make me um basically lose my eyesight uh, i'm not driving for a while until i'm clear from all this um it would interfere with your appetite um it would a lot of things a lot of things and then it's hard because um my family it's not really involved in this because of my own decision um my dad is at uh he's 84 85 now and he's very weak in the heart. I know that for a fact. Was something less than this triggers something and imagine what this would have done to him. So, so you're protecting them. I'm in a way protecting them. Um, my mom, she lives in a bubble, so I, I don't know how she would react if I tell her or not. She would probably exaggerate her reaction, so I'm trying to, and I don't want that. I just want to go through this. I have very good people, very good friends, I shall say, mm-hmm. that are going through this with me. And uh, I'm ma- they're making sure that I do everything I have to do. At one point, I gave up, actually. I was diagnosed in January. And um, they started treatment right away. And for like two or three months, nothing was getting better or getting worse. And I gave up. And without nobody knowing, I stopped taking all the medications. And then um, my uncle noticed that in my blood work, wasn't coming out I said what are you doing and what made me go back to them was that in that little period of time like two months that I didn't take my med it's when my body said let me show you what can be what, what's going to happen if you don't do this and god I mean I got scared so I got like on double medication what did you feel uh, I had no energy I had no desire to live I even contemplated suicide um, I kind of like put everybody away from my life I was I wanted to be alone like you know I didn't want to see anybody I didn't want to talk to anybody uh, 
I felt like my, my whole world was like caving in little by little, little by little. And one day when I was in real pain that I couldn't move, it's what realized, no, no, no. You still have a lot to go and you are going to go a lot more. Come on, help yourself because if you don't help yourself, nobody else can help you. And that's when I put in a thousand percent into this. Look at that, your attitude. It's everything about your what you think and your, and your energy, right? I, I believe that one of the things that people with, with this disease that they should do is lose the fear. Always think, I am going to win. I, you're not bigger than me. The mind has a lot of power. The mind can control things and perform miracles that we don't even know about. But we need to, we need to use that. We need to use our mind. We need to use our brain. We need to, we have to, we need to have faith. We need to have, um, um, what can I say? Uh, we need to be confident in ourselves that we're going to be able to do that. And when you wake up in the morning, don't just like feel like, oh, God, I know that. No, just go out there and live life like always. Like if you never had anything. Like if it's not even there. Even though you know it's there because, Alex, it feels sometimes like an alien is inside of you because you know something's wrong. And it usually happens when you're alone, like laying down and you, you pay attention to the inner part of your body. That's when you realize what's going on. Um, don't be afraid of that. Just don't, the word fear should not even be a part of this. Uh, um, always, if they tell you, no, you cannot do it. Just, just go ahead and do things that you ordinarily, oh, don't do this because you're going to fall. And don't, don't do it. Uh, be careful what you do, but do things. Life should be going on as normal. Like you're, you're telling this thing inside of you, you know, get out of my body. I don't want you here. Mm -hmm. Okay. You, and by having that attitude and surround yourself with positive people that will encourage you to do good things. I sometimes hated to tell other people that I have, that I'm going through this because they, they start getting pity on you. They, they, they so that's what I was going to, that's what, where I was going at now. So you, you saw how people changed once they found out that you, that you had this? Yes, they, 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 they drag you back. You start feeling sorry for them because of the, the, they're, they're sad, they're crying. And, and what is the advice you give people out there that find out that a loved one has uh, some sort of disease? Instead of feeling sorry for them, just go on with life as normal. Ask them if they need any help. Uh, offer to help. Encourage them. Take them. Uh, don't don't look at them. Oh, my poor aunt has cancer. She's you know she's weak. No, don't do that. Cause the the mind works like the soil in the in, in our houses. You put a little seed, and the seed's gonna grow. And you do the same thing to your brain. You put a you put a thought into it, and no matter how much you want to get rid of it, your subconscious already picked it up, and it's going to eventually surface once in a while. And and you you're going to hope, you're going to live because of that, and you're going to base your your attitude because of that. Somebody tells you no, you cannot sing. If you have a dream of becoming a singer, go to take lessons or improve yourself. But don't follow those things that they tell you that you can't do this. Don't feel pity. Don't feel sorry for them because that's the last thing you want to hear. I am so sorry, man. I'm so sorry. I don't want to hear that. I don't want. I, I know they mean it with with a kind, um, but I don't want to hear that because that, those, those are words that bring you down. Exactly, and and won't get you anywhere. No. So now that we go back to that day that you said, "Why me?" If there's anything that you have learned through all this experience 
sometimes things happen to us and we look back and you go, wow, if that wouldn't have happened, I wouldn't have learned this, I wouldn't have seen this or life this way. Do you think, you know, because life works in mysterious ways. Do you think life maybe does this to people sometimes because they need to get to the next place in their destiny and they need to realize some things and, and that's why people go through things? When you become in touch with yourself and with spiritual learnings, you, you realize one thing. You realize that um, life here on this earth right now, to me, what I've learned from and what I want to believe that is the right thing, it, this is just a learning plateau for us, okay? We, are con we consist of energy inside our bodies, and uh, this is just a suit that we wear on the outside. So all these things that you're presented with that are roadblocks, let's say, I think there are tests that somebody from my higher, I want to say the universe, mm -hmm. is sending to you because they feel that you're going to handle. Nobody, whatever happens to you, it's not going to be something that you won't be able to handle it. There's always a way to, to, to you know, go to the finish line. And you need to learn how to do that. You need to always, when you see something horrible, Turn it into, it, there's always a way to make it positive and remember that because that is what's going to get you through this. If you keep making the same mistakes over and over and over and over, like, ah, oh, my friend needs to get cancer, but I don't have time to go see him. I don't have time to, like, make the time. Go see your friends. Hang out with your friends. Do things with your friends. No, I have friends of mine that they thought this was contagious. No, I don't believe what I've just heard. But okay, I've had two okay, friends. Well, you definitely need to get rid of those friends. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> they, they, they're gone. Out of <laughs> All right. But they thought this was contagious. I mean, and um, so right now I'm in a very fast forward path to my complete eradication of the cancer. All right. So now when this is all over and the cancer's gone, what are your plans? What What have you been dreaming of doing? Well, I do enough right now, and I'm going to just keep doing what I'm doing because this is what's made me go through these hard times in my life. Surrounded by people that are in that same circle of helping others. They're kind people. They're people from the church that it helps a lot. Rather than being in a in a in a people that you meet in the clubs and the discotheques, and they yeah, I mean it's a different frequency, it's a different mm -hmm. energy that you bring to your life. But I want to ask you, when this is all over, that you're all 100% healthy, do you have any plans as far as anything else you want to do? Not who you hang out with, but as far as traveling, job, or something you want to do, or something that because now I I think you see life differently, right? Yes, and you know what's sad? A lot of times it needs to happen this way you need to go through a, something tragic that happens to your life to realize that life is beautiful and we make it complicated well, i think the universe shakes you up if you don't change in time so i say change before the universe comes and shakes you up i see people arguing about such stupid things that i look at them and it's like don't waste your time doing that just give each other a hug and kiss and move on we 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 collect material stuff I am, I, I, I'm like Patsy and Adina now. I want surfaces all over my house. I want clean cuts. I don't yeah. want... At the end, we don't take that with us. Exactly. You're not, you're not going to take that with you. So any last words you want to say to everybody out there about your experience, your journey, and how you're feeling right now, and, 
and what's to come. I want to thank every one of my friends that helped me go through this. Sorry, because I made it really easy for me. And keep going because you're going to win. Don't give up. with me if you have not done so go to the app store and download our app you can also go to alexjagiar.com and we are also on social media on facebook you can go and follow us on pod with me aja on twitter it's alexjagiar and on instagram it's pod with me this is alexjagiar and thank you for listening and remember don't fall off the pod Ready.